Blog Talk Radio. With God's name, the merciful benefactor, the merciful redeemer, all praise is due to Allah, Lord of all the systems of knowledge. The prayers and the peace be upon the Prophet Muhammad, his companions, the righteous servants, all. Amin. <clears throat> uh, peace be upon you all. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, we welcome you once again to our program uh, on Blog Talk Radio. This is your host. This is John Nasheed. This is a new mind development project focusing on issues. And uh, in this particular case, we're focusing on the Holy Quran, the Word of God, which is guidance for mankind. And this week we'll talk, be talking a little about Surah Al-Fatiha. My website is uh, nm-dp.com. Okay, we're we're back, and uh, I don't know where we cut off. I believe we were cut off. I called in again, so I guess we're all right here. Uh, once again, this is uh, your host, John Nasheed. This is a uh, uh, new mind development project. We're focusing on issues. Uh, topic for the day is the Holy Quran, the Word of God, guidance for mankind, and we'll be speaking about uh, the Holy Quran. <clears throat> uh, Last week we were, I believe it was last week, but we were talking on Know Your Religion. And uh, this was an article that was written by the leader of our Muslim community here in America, Imam Wardi Muhammad. And uh, some very insightful things he had given us. But what's most important is that we should become students of the Holy Quran and the traditions of Prophet Muhammad and uh, the best of his uh, companions. And you study these things because the religion of al-Islam is based on the Holy Quran, the Word of God, and demonstrated by uh, our prophet, his messenger, uh, Muhammad. And if we study these things quite naturally, we have a greater and fuller understanding. And he had also mentioned that we should take the time to learn Arabic, you know, it's not too 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 late. You're not never too old to take on the study. And uh, there's a quote here: "That the best man among you is he who learns the Quran and cares to teach it." So, uh, just with that alone, we should become students of the Quran, and we should strive to learn as much of it as we possibly can in the Arabic language and understand it in our English understanding, and then we should have a strong desire to teach it. Actually, teaching the religion of al-Islam is a responsibility on all Muslims, every Muslim, man, woman, and children. Uh, This is called dawah, or propagation. And the reason that propagation is so important is because Satan is amongst us. And we know every, every word that came from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to his dear prophet, we know that Satan tried to pervert it 
and he did a really good job. But now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us the light. The light is rising here in the West, and we should use that light, that light, excuse me, to cast truth at darkness or falsehood and uh, learn it. But how can we cast truth at falsehood if we don't know the truth? And uh, God knows best. So Imam Murthy Muhammad is a great teacher here in America, and his language is all over the world. It's a responsibility of us to promote it, propagate it. The Quran, the Sunnah of our dear Prophet Muhammad, with the clarity of the language of Imam Warthi Muhammad. <clears throat> you know, the Quran explains everything. You know, it says uh, uh, a recording, uh, and we reveal the book, the Quran, to you as an explanation of everything. Ibn uh, Musa said, Allah made it clear that in this Quran there is complete knowledge about everything. And the Quran contains all kinds of beneficial knowledge, such as reports of what happened in the past, information about what is yet to come, what is lawful and what is unlawful, and what people need to know about their worldly affairs, their religion, their livelihood in this world, and their destiny in the afterlife. This is very important, especially with issues that are rising here in America today. Know what's lawful according to God and know what's unlawful according to God. And we won't have all of these long, lengthy debates about homosexual lifestyles. We know what God has to say about them about drugs, we know what God says about that, about alcohol, about gambling and things of that nature, then we won't have to waste our time too much worrying about these, but we should promote it or propagate it for understanding of other folks. And uh, God is the best knower. Very, very, very important. So the Quran, it addresses, explains everything. Now, you mean to tell me, Mr. Speaker, that in 114 verses in the Holy Quran, that everything is in the book? <clears throat> well, everything is in the book. It implies everything. And quite nasty, God don't have to say a lot of words to make his point. <clears throat> you know, he gives us concepts and, and information and universal pictures and metaphors and things of that nature, but it's for the thinking mind to explore these things, to extract all of the knowledge that God intended for this mind that he created to extract from the Quran for the benefit of all human beings. So the Quran implies everything that we need to know for the time we're living in and also for generations coming when we won't be on this earth for those coming in front of us. This guidance, the Quran is guidance, but it's guidance for those who have taqwa, the guidance meaning the guidance of the heart. God guides the heart. He revealed the, the Quran on the heart of our dear Prophet Muhammad. Uh, and uh, the, the heart, quite nicely, guides your intelligence. So if you have the right taqwa, the right kind of heart, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will address your heart from his words of Quran. So read it. That's why it's very important. 
That's why it's so important to know and understand it in the Arabic language because the Arabic language is pregnant with understanding. And the more we study it, the more it reveals itself to us. Remember, God is natural. He's a natural. He's natural, and everything that he creates is natural. The Quran is a natural revelation for a natural intelligence. And if that intelligence is in its natural state, then God's natural word is going to touch the intelligence and cause that individual to grow and explore the universe of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So these things are very important. And please, 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 don't sleep on it. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, get as much understanding as we possibly can from those that know. But the Quran is our teacher, and the Quran is the word of God. So when we bring our mind to the Quran, bring sincerity to the Quran. And that's more important than anything. We don't need degrees. Uh, we don't need... Uh, so much of this worldly education, scholarly education in this world, what we need is sincerity, the purity of our intent, the purity of our heart, our taqwa. God guides the taqwa. Actually, if we have too much of this world, we become a little arrogant. And once we become arrogant, then quite naturally, God is not with us. Not that he's not with us. He's always with us, but he's not guiding us because we cut off the guidance. And quite nasty God is the best Noah. <coughs> Excuse me. This is Al-Fatiha, and we talked about Al-Fatiha, if not last week, the week before. And Al-Fatiha is the first chapter, is structured of the Quran. It's not the first chapter that was revealed, chapter 96. Uh, Ikra is the first revealed chapter, but the way it was placed in the Quran uh, is the first place placement of a surah in the Quran, Al-Fatiha, and it means the opening. And not that it means the opening of the book, the first chapter that will open up the, the reading. It means it opens up the meaning of the Quran, and Al-Fatiha it's called the mother of the book. It's called the essence of the book. And everything in, that, in the essence of this seven repeated, off-repeated verses is once we explore these things and God bless our souls to open it up, then the whole of the Quran is written in these seven brief ayats, pregnant with information. And that's why it's called the off-repeated verses, or at least that's one reason, or at least that's my understanding of why it's called the off-repeated verses, because Allah is showing us how important it is to learn and study Surah Al-Fatiha, the opening. And uh, I'll read it in Arabic and also English. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, Maliki Yawmiddin, Iyaka Na'abudu wa Iyaka Nasta'in, Ihdina Salat al-Mustaqeen, Salat al-Din Anamda Alayhim, 
I will not be really him With God's name, the merciful benefactor, the merciful redeemer. Praise be to God, or Allah, the Lord of all the systems of knowledge, the merciful benefactor, the merciful redeemer, master of the day of judgment. To you do we worship and your aid we seek. Show us the straight way, the way of those on whom or those whom thou hast bestowed thy grace, those whose portion is not wrath and who go not astray. Amen. As Surah Al Fatiha. And uh the Quran gives uh gives us this and the more we study it and thank God God blessed us with our dear Prophet Muhammad. And he also blessed us with a leader in the time that we're living in today to bring the language up to the time that we're living in. Because this is not only for us, I naturally thank Allah for his great blessing, his gift, but also, as we mentioned earlier, is to make things clear, make things clear for <clears throat> for people, or bring uh, knowledge or information and correct misunderstandings. So if we're using the language that is current, then quite naturally we could work on some of the problems that we have today. One of the things in Quran where Allah says that say he is Allah, the one and only Allah, the eternal absolute, he begets not nor is he begotten, and there is none like unto him. Now this is a, a, a surah that is addressing a misunderstanding because the people say that God begot a son or God was born of a mother. And they call him Jesus, but nonetheless is implying God. But this service should be used to direct the attention of people who think like that. Because many Christians, they believe in the oneness of God, but their uh, understanding and perception of that oneness have been distorted. So it becomes a responsibility of Muslims, the followers of our dear Prophet Muhammad, to bring clarity to that. And that's why the Quran, the revelation of Quran, is so important. You know, I had taken the advice of our leader, Imam Wadi Muhammad, for many, many years, and you know, I had pursued my study on the level that I'm on. I'm not a scholar or anything of that nature. I'm a student. Actually, I guess I can call myself a student teacher because what I learn, I teach. I don't try to hold it back. I try to give it out. And uh, the more we do that, then quite naturally, God is going to bless us. We say, Bismillah, the Rahman, the Rahim, or Bismillah. Uh, Bismillah means the name, talking about God's name. The uh, proper name for God is is Allah. You know, we say a lot. Uh, we use the term God, but the proper name is Allah. And the reason that we use the name God is because in this country or this society that we live in, the United States of America, is very slanderous in some cases, some medias or some corners against Islam, great slander. And when you mention the name uh, Allah, if you say Allah, then it, it, uh, it is as if you are talking about a completely different God. But God is one. He's 
only one God, whatever we decide to call him or whatever we have been taught to call him, God is God. He's only one. See, he is God, the one and only, the eternal absolute. And we have to understand that. So we use God in the English sense, but really it's implying Allah. That's the proper name. A name is a distinguishing mark of a thing. And this is what distinguishes Allah. And that name stands all by itself. It has no partners. It has nothing that can associate with it. It's an independent name describing Allah alone. And it also means the names and attributes of God. The names and attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Bismillah. With the name and attributes of Allah. You know, as Allah gives us 99 names as his attributes, and all of these attributes belong exclusively to God. Actually, in the Al-Fatiha, it also mentions Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. And this is the strongest attribute, the attribute of mercy. And these attributes of mercy belong exclusively to God. So when I'm saying Ar-Rahman, I'm talking about the merciful, the merciful. You know, we have Muslims that I have seen that call themselves uh, Rahman or Rahim. We can't use that. We can't do that. And that comes out of ignorance. And maybe somebody told them and they just refused to change it to its proper uh, naming. But nonetheless, that's not correct. It should be abdur or servant or slave servant of that particular attribute. Abdur Rahman. And we have another brother that I've known for many, many years. His name is Abdur Rahim, which is proper. Rahim is not proper, is not correct. And this is why our leading man, Wahidi Muhammad, tells us that we should read and study the Quran and read and study the Sunnah and the Sirah. Sirah means the history, the life history of Prophet Muhammad from the time that he was a little boy, a baby, until the time of his passing. And before, we should even understand the climate of the uh, atmosphere or the society that he lived in before he was even born into that society and events that took place after his passing. All of these things are pertinent and uh, uh, necessary for our growth and development. So Bismillah, the personal name of Allah, is Allah, the personal name, Bismillah, the personal name of Allah. It also refers to Al-Rahman and Al-Rahim, two of his top attributes, which in reality is two attributes of mercy, and one is expressing, or basically they express two to express the mercy of Allah as best for human understanding, you know, because it's very, very difficult. I don't want to make a mistake and lead you wrong thinking that we can bring a few little words together and we can understand the mercy of God, we'll never be able 
to understand the mercy of God. But God is giving us, Allah is giving us an opportunity to understand it in the smallness of our minds. This is why we have to really humble ourselves when we come to Quran, because this is the word of God. It's not the word of John Nashi, not the word of Imam Warki Muhammad. This is the word of God which is pregnant with knowledge. And if we have a misunderstanding in reading from Al-Fatiha, then our misunderstanding is going to persist throughout the reading of the Quran. And that's why I don't move too fast. You say, well, i got to read it. i got to get through it. i got to get through it. Well, we have a complete reading, yes. And you just read along, as Imam taught us, and then come back again and do a more careful reading, a more in-depth reading, taking notes and underlining things. And then later come back and start with Al-Fatiha and start to understand the essence of the Qur'an, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put into the Qur'an. So if we understand that Allah, the name of Allah, Bismillah, his name, his proper name, and the attributes describing that proper name, now we're developing a foundation for our study because how could you read a book that was written by John Nasheed and know nothing about John Nasheed? You're not going to get a full understanding of his writings and just writing on worldly things. We also we should always know our author or something about our author before we get into the reading of his works. So Allah is teaching us here that he is. Who else can tell us? Only Allah can tell us. Prophet Muhammad can't tell us about Allah unless Allah tells Prophet Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He's the merciful benefactor. This is a term that is used by our lady, Imam Warthi Muhammad. In some readings, they say most gracious, most merciful. But he taught us the merciful benefactor, the merciful redeemer. This is his language. We call this the language of Imam Warthi Muhammad. Uh, two descriptions of God's mercy, benef- benef- benefactor and redeemer. A benefactor means giving as he gives, he gives. And we see what he gives us in this life, the life that we are living in now. If it wasn't for the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, every human being on this earth would suffer. This is the beneficence of God. He's a benefactor. He gives of his air, of his water, of his food, of his of his blessings. He gives us opportunities and all the rest of these things that are beneficial to human life. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala redeems the soul and puts that soul on the right path for the afterlife or even prepare the life in this life for the life of the afterlife. Uh, to love, to have tenderness. This is the mercy of God, to love, to have tenderness. And see, don't make a mistake. God is not a hater. When we do wrong, God is not punishing us. We have a day of punishment that's coming where God will evaluate our life and quite naturally we earn the punishment. But any difficulties that we've gone through now, 
This is from our own hands. We created these things for our own selves because we didn't follow the guidance. But the mercy, God's mercy to love, to have tenderness, have mercy, forgiveness, and this is important here too. We have to learn how to forgive, to have favor, to have all that is required for exercising beneficence. And this is a character that was in our dear Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessing of Allah be upon him. He was what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala desired for him to be. Rahman and Rahim both have active uh, active principal nouns of different measures. So he's speaking to us from two different words to bring us to a clearer understanding of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in that attribute. The Holy Prophet had expressed the meaning of Rahman Rahim. The attribute Rahman generally pertains to this life, his mercy and love manifested in the creation universe, the bestower of gifts. The, the benefactor, the attribute of Rahim, uh, I mean, excuse me, Rahman or Rahim or Rahim, generally pertains to the life to come. His love and mercy manifested in the state that comes after. He causes good results to follow on good deeds, and would not nullify or render void anyone's good works, the Redeemer, the Forgiver. And this is Allah. And we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his great blessings, his many, many, many blessings and his guidance. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless us to remain on a straight path. And we'll continue this next week, and hopefully we'll get through Surah Al-Fatiha, and we can move on to something else because we'll be talking over time about the Quran, about the life of Prophet Muhammad, about Al-Islam, about Imam Wadi Muhammad, and many, many lessons pertaining to the religion of Al-Islam. And uh, God is guiding us, so don't concern ourselves about some of the problems and circumstances, situations, wars that we see in the world, uh, economics and economy falling apart. You know, God is in charge. And as much as we try to correct these things, if it's not the will of God, they will not be corrected. It's what? And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is raising up a new mind, a new light to address the darkness in the world today and bring the world back into the order that God originally created it. So we thank Allah and we thank you for being with us this evening and we pray you and your family are healthy and well and tune in with us again next week on Thursday at 4 o'clock. I think we got a little started a little late because we were cut off. We had to tune back in or maybe we weren't. I don't know. But nonetheless, be with us next week. And God bless you all. Peace.